Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> Hi, guys. Welcome back. We're back. Taking <sighs> a little short break, as most of you would know. Yeah. it's It's been two weeks since we recorded. Um, yes. Oh, God. Oh, I'm, I'm getting gonna, emotional. I know. Oh, fuck. Oh, my God. Don't. It's I okay. It's like my eyes are already yeah, watering. Yeah, I know. I can feel. This episode's going to be a little bit emotional. So, warning, we are <laughs> going to be talking about grief and death and... Family. We're both going to cry, probably. Um, we've missed you guys, yes. firstly. Truly, it was hard to take time off. Um, but <laughs> you cry already. I don't know why. <laughs> I, yeah, it was really hard taking time off because I feel like I, when I'm going through stuff, my work is my happiness. Mm. My work is my one constant. Mm. Like I always know it's going to be there, but I think everyone in my life like literally forced me to just <laughs> – not do that. Um, yeah, Ronya because- and I were like, we you need to just take some time off mm-hmm. and not work. Just relax, grieve, mm-hmm. feel. Mm-hmm. God, he's like, you could just see uh, her itching in her boots. I was like, no, I can definitely record this week. And then, yeah, the week progressed and my feelings progressed. And I was like, holy fuck, I am not doing okay. Um, anyways, <sighs> let's... Let's, Let's just get so, in. We, this is going to be honestly really like Ashton and I just chatting today and like we normally have notes and stuff for what we like, you know, want to go through. But I think we just want to keep this pretty chill because I don't really know what's going to come up for me. And I'm like, yeah, I don't, open to I don't even really know what I'm wanting to say or can say or like will feel okay saying, but we're just going to flow with it and like, yeah. Well, I think the purpose of this episode is to – I guess, normalize um, going through losing someone mm-hmm. or normalize death and mm-hmm. make it feel okay to um, talk about it because mm-hmm. a lot of people, even people that were close to you felt really uncomfortable to even ask you if you were okay. They came, they kept coming through me yeah. because I think people just get this weird like, oh, they don't know how to act. Yeah. And they don't know. Well, it's, it's such a it's just fucking weird. Yeah. That's what my past few weeks have been is honestly weird. Yeah. How have you been? Tell well, everyone. The whole experience is very you can't put confusing words. and like hollow and like very, I don't even know. Should we start by like explaining what's like, should we, should we do our mantra first? Let's do the mantra of the week. Let's do the mantra of the week. Let's go. Do you want to say it? Yeah, I can say it. Yeah. Okay. This is a. Mantra of the week. <laughs> awesome. Like, I don't want to talk like sad the whole time. No. Lift it a little bit. Okay. This is our mantra. Repeat after me. I can hold on to the love and let go of the grief. I can hold on to the love and let go of the grief. I can pay tribute by living my own life in a beautiful way. I can pay tribute by living my own life in a beautiful way. 
Oh, God. <laughs> me just like trying to cry. <laughs> this to me was just kind of highlighting, focusing, uh, well, I wrote underneath that that death does not break the bond of love. And like, I think that's what I've been learning over the past few weeks is that even though, you know, you could be grieving and someone's not here anymore, like love is, that doesn't disappear. Like your love for someone or the love within you and your bond with that person, like just because they're not physically here anymore, it doesn't ruin or cancel that or destroy that. So it's focusing on that and paying tribute to their life. Um, Living, living your life more beautifully and with more purpose and more um, consciousness and presence. I think that's what I've been focusing on. Like, you know, my dad would be pissed if I wasn't, you know, if I let this whole thing, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you know, stop me from living my life happily and stuff. Like I'm not going to let this um, completely destroy my path forward, you know, so. But yeah, (laughs) (laughs) but I think as well, like especially with you, you can take what your dad's taught you and apply it to your life more than ever. Sometimes it's like probably preface what's actually like before what's happened. (laughs) I feel like people like what the hell. (laughs) So if you didn't already know, um, Cardia's dad sadly passed away. Is it three weeks ago now? It's um, two weeks, yes, two, two, two weeks from Tuesday. Two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, do, I, do we know what exactly what it was yeah. from? Yeah. So I guess, yeah, I can explain the whole. Yeah, it's better you do this. <sighs> so, yeah, my dad has been, like, ever since I was younger, like, not the healthiest. He, um, I probably should have asked mom or someone for the exact details of what he's been through because I am not good with medical stuff. Um. He, when I was younger, he had a double bypass heart surgery, which is like very intense, like heart procedure. Um, and after that, he, you know, he, he was a very strong minded man. Like he, he liked to live the way that he liked to live. And I think he's opposite to me and mom. Like we're very health focused. And like Harrison, like loves sport. Like dad didn't want to have to work out and <laughs> he loved food. He was always quite overweight and he smoked and you know he just ate a lot of red meat like he wasn't very healthy and so after a huge procedure like that naturally you would think you know someone would get healthy but he never really did it wasn't his priority and I didn't I don't think he really thought about the damaging effects it would have on his health long term so yeah he was fine for a lot of years and then more recently he started having, I think it's kidney problems or I'm not, he had to start getting dialysis, which is where um, like a machine has to pump your, I think it's kidneys. Yeah. I think it was either kidneys or liver. Yeah. One of them. I know he was on dialysis and it's pretty extreme. Like you're in the hospital three, three times a week for a few hours and you don't feel good. Like his quality of life for the past, I'd say two years really declined and he started losing a lot of weight and, um, he, he was just more fragile and his, you know, he doesn't, you don't operate as well and all of that. But still with all this going on, I don't think he really prioritized his health and what he was eating and, you know, just everything like that. Dad was very Aussie, like true blue, like, you know, <laughs> old school vibes, you know. Um, like tough macho, man. Like I'm fine. Like yeah. 
toughen up that era. Like mm. he was, my dad is 14 years older than my mom. You know, that's a huge age gap between them. So he was a lot older. Um, he, yeah, so he was on dialysis and then that, like, I've never been through that, but I just know like from what he said, you just feel drained. It's, it's exhausting. It's, you know, that's grim being in the hospital three times a week anyways. But, you know, one thing that I respect and honor him so much for is that I never once heard him complain. He didn't complain about a thing. Like, it would have been – and I complained about so much stuff. Like, ow, I stubbed my toe. Like, <laughs> oh, my God, I got a headache. Like, Dad never complained. He was really, really strong. And I, like, admire him so much for that. His heart started playing up again. And towards, like, like a few months ago, he had to go into hospital and have this um, operation on his heart. He had to have a stint put in his heart or something. I no wish one. I knew the proper terms for all of this or what really happened but pretty much it was a really rare condition and a really rare operation that he needed to have. And they'd only done the operation, I think, once or twice before in Australia. Like it's a really rare condition that he had and there was only one surgeon that could do it. He had a one in three chance of surviving the surgery. So it was really a high risk. And that was when I think I started to, you know, realize that like, you know, things weren't looking so good for him. Um, and like, I remember like going to the hospital and we had to go and, you know, say goodbye and because he could have, we could have lost him in that surgery. And my relationship with my dad ever since I was younger has been really hard. Like it's, it's never been easy. Like we've, you know, we haven't always seen eye to eye and I'll get into that later, but he's, he's been one of my biggest challenges in this life and lessons that I've had to navigate doesn't mean I don't love him but fuck it was his hard and like so going to the hospital uh to you know possibly say goodbye to someone that I still have so much unfinished business with was so daunting and like I'll never forget how anxious I felt going in there. I didn't know what to say like I didn't know how to act like managing that whole thing is so uncomfortable and like nothing can can prepare you for that yeah, and like for more like a bit of backstory, like my parents have been divorced for like over ten or fifteen years or fourteen years or something, and that was a really toxic, like you know, marriage. And I grew up around that and stuff. And so here's me, my brother, and my mom, who like we're never normally all in the same room together, all going to the hospital, like say goodbye to my dad. It was just very uh, weird. And my my dad as I said, was very strong. He he was in complete denial. He was sick. He was like the strongest person. He's like, oh, I'll be right. You know, like we're sitting around at the hospital bed like, oh, how are you feeling? Like, you know, it's all going to go well and you're going to be fine. And I guess naturally you'd think that we'd be having a conversation like he'd be there going, I'm so proud of you kids. And like, you know, I love you a lot. And like, you know, we're reminiscing, but it was none of that. It was very dry and it was very like, I think he was just in denial that the whole thing was happening. and. He was just strong. He was like, I'm not going to admit this to myself that anything's wrong. And any, anyways, I'm, I'm getting off track, but pretty much it was just really hard. That whole situation. I didn't say what I wanted to say. Um, I wish I said, you know, to him, like, this is how I feel. And this is what I want to work on. And this is, I love you. And like, cause I really distanced myself for a lot of years from him. Um, which I know everyone online is always like, where's your dad? What about your dad? Cause I never, 
spoke about him and like I never showed him online. It's not that he wasn't there. I wasn't seeing him, but I had a lot of trauma to heal from with our relationship. And I think that's what's like, you know, made this whole thing so much harder and maybe easier. I don't know. Like, but it's, there's a so much unfinished business. Anyways, my dad survived that surgery. <laughs> By the grace of God, he survived it. And like I it, I took that as the biggest wake up call for me because it showed me how much I loved him and cared about him despite everything we'd been through um, and that our family had been through. And um, after that, I was like, I need to find a therapist so I can start unraveling this trauma that I have with my dad. So I can figure out how to communicate with him because I find I found it really hard to communicate with him because he was so like I speak in emotion and he is very like matter of fact to the point like he didn't have much empathy or very much softness. So he raised the biggest softy in the world. Like we were just complete opposites, you know. So I got a therapist so I could start to unpack some of my trauma around our relationship and figure out how I could communicate with him. Like that was my goal moving forward was like, how can I have some kind of relationship with my dad? And like, I mainly wanted to do it for my brother as well, because my brother, like growing up uh, when my parents divorced, my brother was really in the middle of it. Like he loved both my parents and he tried to like keep peace. Whereas I was like, I'm on mom's side. I'm with my mom. Like I need to protect my mom. And Harrison was kind of more like, okay, well, I'm going to protect dad because someone needs to fucking look after dad. (laughs) And like they had a bond, you know, like father, son bond. And I, it really killed Harrison how split our family had become. So yeah, I started seeing this therapist and we were doing like weekly sessions and, you know, doing, talking about everything in general, but mainly about my dad and like just the trauma I hold in my life now about the things that he said to me when I was younger and just the way that he was with me and like, I guess us not being close or him not being very supportive. And I think now I know it wasn't that he didn't love me or care for me. He just really struggled communicating that Mm -hmm. and would tell everyone but me because he wanted to raise Harris and I to be really, really strong. Anyways, I'll get into that after. I'll just explain what (laughs) happened. This is, I'm so like going on the longest roundabout with this, but I just want to like explain it, I guess, because I've never... Spoken about my dad. No. Ever. No. And like I know everyone just always Even is, me, I've heard it all before, but I'm here like literally just like Dad survived like made it through that surgery. Not long after that surgery, though, he had a fall and he broke his hip. And we're like, fuck. Like, this is not good. This is not good at all. Um and that to me it raised more flags. I was like, you've got to hurry up, Cardia. Like I had just dreamt of writing him this letter. I'd always just said like, I'm talking to my therapist and I was like, I just want to like tell him how I feel and I don't know how to. Like I'd for years, I just wanted to tell him how I felt. Like I was so angry and I was so hurt, but I also like wanted to do it out of love and I wanted to do it for myself more than anyone because I just felt like he never understood why I distanced myself for so long from like him and his side of the family. And it's not that I had anything against them. I just was so hurt from my childhood. 
there. My goal was just to be able to write him this letter because I could never speak it to him in person. I didn't know how to be vulnerable around him. I would shut off completely. Um, so yeah, I had this goal and I wanted to write this letter and I'd gone to try and write it so many times. I think I spoke about writing this letter for like, even before I got the therapist for so long, I just wanted to write this. I wanted him to understand what I was thinking and how I felt and that I loved him most importantly, and that I wanted a relationship with him. Um, so yeah, he had a fall and he broke his hip and I was like, okay, you've got to hurry up. Like it's, time like start taking this seriously and within this whole time since my dad's surgery I this is probably the most I've seen him in the past few years like we started seeing each other a lot more and like having dinners and lunches and stuff with my brother and it was like not it was just nice like we could all be in the one room and everything was fine and I was like oh my god like you know there's this potential here and I I accepted that he'd never fully get me but I was like I'm doing my part by just being here and I'm showing up and I'm being his daughter and, you know, I call him more often and try to send more check-in text messages more often. So, um, yeah, but then uh, a few weeks after the hip, it was then he had a heart attack. Like he literally was not well, but he wouldn't accept it. Like I remember I was telling you like a week, the day he had the heart attack, he had come down to the Gold Coast to look at an apartment. He wanted to buy this like beach apartment. And we're all so confused. Like, he's not well. Why is he acting like he's fine? Like, why is he looking to buy an apartment? Buying a house is a big deal. (laughs) He had just recently bought this new uh, house in Hamilton, uh, sorry, in Brisbane that Harrison and him had moved into and like Harrison loved it and was they were comfy there. And then a few months later, he's looking to move again. And we were just all a bit confused. Like, he's acting like he's okay. Like, he's still in dialysis three times a week, which he would need to be at the hospital for. Like, he was just acting like nothing was going on or that he wasn't accepting it or I don't know what. But, he, yeah, so he looked at this apartment on the coast with Ed Cherry, one of my friends that's in real estate. And later that day, like, he went in the morning, looked at the apartment. Ed was like, oh, I met your dad, like, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> How'd it go? And it was like, no, I loved him. He's hilarious. He's so inappropriate and hilarious. And I was like, yeah, that's dad. And then, yeah, later that day, I got a call from mom saying your dad's had a heart attack. And I was like, fuck, like, is he okay? Surely not. How is he? And they're like, no, he's okay. He's alive. Like he survived it. And at that point, he needed another operation. They realized something else in his heart had gone wrong. And he needed another operation and the the doctors refused to operate on him. They're like, it's too risky. And instead of anyone telling us like how bad it was, he, I don't think really told Harrison how bad it was. Like no one really told me like, you know, everyone just said it's fine. Like, and we all kind of thought that, you know, there was longer. And I certainly thought that, that he had longer because no one told us because he didn't want us to know, I guess. Mm. Like, I don't really know what was going through his fucking head. <laughs> but if, it's... If he, like, got told that, you know, we can't operate and there's nothing more we can do, he probably just thought, you know, I'm just going to... I don't want to stress them out more if there's nothing... I don't know. Like, I don't know what communication happened. But, like, at, I thought it was, like, at that point, like, okay, this is bad. Mm. But then everyone's kind of like... I was just acting normal. So I was like, okay, well, it's fine. I've got a bit longer. You know, I've got longer to sort this out or I don't even know what I was thinking. Like I was just terrified to communicate with him, which is like, 
I don't know. It's so stupid, but I cared so much. Like, so I was in therapy. That's why I was doing this. So anyways, that happened. And then it's fine. He's, he's fine, you know? Mm-hmm. And a few days later, I, it was just crazy how like I found out and the whole thing happened. Like it was, it was too much of a coincidence to be a coincidence. Like if that makes sense, like Cardia was on a, she was on a walk and um, she forgot she had a phone appointment with her therapist. Is that right? Yeah. Like I was like on the, like, I was like, cause I always forget on Tuesdays that I've got it, but it was day because of daylight savings. Oh yeah, that's right. I went on a walk early thinking, oh, I'll go on this walk and I'll zoom home and do my session with Fiona, my therapist via zoom because she's in Sydney. And remember she texted me on this walk. I was like, sorry, darling, I'll be like five minutes. And I was like, fuck, I'm going to have to just pay for this and cancel last minute because, like, I'm not at home. I was like, I'm so sorry. I forgot daylight savings, like, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, that's fine. Do you still want to just do it on phone call? And I was like, oh, not really. But I just something was like, yep, take the call. Like, just do it. Why not? Like, have Mm -hmm. a chat to her. It was, I hadn't spoken to her since my dad's heart attack. So I wanted to like update her on that. And I was, you know, I had planned to talk to her about dad. And anyways, I take her call and I'm on this walk and I'm like, you know, 20 minutes into the session, I'm talking and I told her about dad and she was like, okay, like obviously things are getting bad. And I was like, yep. She was like, I think it's time you need to write this letter. And I was like, yeah, I'm ready. And she goes, okay, well, what do you want to what do you want to say in the letter? And I was like vocally saying to her, I'd say this, I'd say this. And I said to her, like, I think I need to just dot point it. I was like, I've had this revelation. Like he doesn't speak in emotions. Mm -hmm. He needs matter of fact to the point. Like my dad was really dyslexic. Like words aren't his thing. He doesn't get it. So I was like to her, like, I need to make it as simple as possible. She was like, I agree. Like, just dot point it. So I'm literally speaking out my dot points to her. I want to tell him this and I want to say like, I forgive you and I love you. And I'm vocally saying all of this stuff. And then as I'm like nearing the end of my list, I'm walking and I'm down in Karamba and I'm right near the beach where I used to live. And my mom starts calling me over and over again. And I was like, oh my God, like, what does she want? Like text her. And I was like, mom, I'm on my therapy call. Can I call you back? And she goes, no, it's urgent. And so I said to Fiona, like, hey, um, my mom's calling me and she said, it's urgent. Can I call you back? Like, I think something's happened with Harrison or dad. And she was like, oh my God, of course. So I hang up, mom calls me and she's like, cart, cart, like, and I'm like, oh no, no, no. I was like, what's, what's going on? And she was like, your brother's just called me and and uh, I think your dad and then Harrison starts calling me. I was like, Harrison's calling me. Like, what what's going on? And she goes, take Harrison's call. So she hangs up and I take Harrison's call. And I was like, what, are you okay? What's going on? And he's crying and he's like, Baba, because my dad and brother always call me Baba. And he's like, dad, I'm, I've come into dad's room. And I, don't even, I honestly don't even fucking remember what he said. I think I blacked out. Like, he just pretty much said dad's not breathing. Like I'm sitting next to him and like the fact that my brother found him just kills me. Like yeah. that's just this is the hardest thing of it all. I think like that he was the one, you know, but I'm so like happy that it was at home. Like dad was at home and in peace and in all of that. But yeah, Harrison was like, um, yeah, dad's gone. And I was just like, 
I think my legs, like I just remember them just like, <laughs> like pain just like split up my legs and I just like couldn't believe it. It just felt like that everything stopped and I was like, I just felt like a clock just, it's like my time was up and I had no choice and no say. And like, it was just felt so unfair and I can't even, I even know, but I was literally at the beach and all I just like bolted because I was like, I'm going to vomit. And so I like bolted down to the beach and just sat there on the phone to my brother and I was literally having a panic attack. And my brother's just, he was amazing. Like he, was calming me down (laughs) and he was sitting there with my dad and like, he was like, just breathe, just breathe. Like, it's okay. It's okay. Like I just felt guilt. Like that's all. Like Mm -hmm. I think immediate guilt and like, I felt stupid that I took so long to, you know, stupid though, but I'm don't want to take that away from you. No, feeling stupid. It's just it. Yeah. I felt like, Healing, there's no like it's it can take five months, it can take five years. Like healing from trauma, there's no you can't put a timeline on it. So I think that was the hard thing is that you were fighting against a timeline. Yeah. And you still didn't know what when the end was, but you knew it was soon. So it was like you're trying to hurry up this like healing mm. process, but then you also are like I needed yeah. so long because I was so hurt. I mean, you would understand you've is got your own um issues with your dad as mm-hmm. well. And like you wish you could speed it up. Yeah. But there's so much damage and hurt. You don't even know how to navigate it. And when you're the only one doing the work, like both of us are in therapy for it and they're not. So it's just really hard because if they were in therapy with us, it would be a lot yeah. quicker. But we're having to mm. do all the and we're work. The kid. <laughs> we're the kid. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I was on the beach and I was just like, <laughs> panic panic like everyone's looking at me like are you okay and I was like <laughs> like Harrison was yeah incredible and he has been so incredible like my brother lived with my dad for the past few years and pretty much has been his caretaker 24 7 dealing with my dad is a lot and like um Harrison was dealing with all of his own mental health issues and my dad never understood that and didn't understand why he'd be sad a lot of the time or Mm. struggling or moody or whatever, like watching your own, like your own family member, like slowly get sicker. I didn't have to witness that. Mm. You know, I would just see him here and there. Harrison, like so fucking strong. And like, then to be on the phone with me, calming me (laughs) down. Like I was like, you're amazing. Um, adrenaline just must have like kicked into him or like yeah. just this like I have to step up and be the big brother right now that's what dad raised him to be it's what he raised us to be like dad really instilled such an extreme work ethic in both of us and like I owe him for that for sure but and resilience such resilience and so like Harrison I know like his goal would have always just to be make dad proud and so I know like that's what he's done he has stepped up so much in this entire process mm-hmm. um but yeah I just called I called mom she's like where are you I was like oh, on the beach like come get me like I was literally <laughs> on a fucking walk like I'd walked so far from home like so mom came and got me and when I was just sitting on the beach waiting I was like what do I do with myself <laughs> I've got about 15 minutes to kill here like did you call your therapist back? I called my therapist back <laughs> It was so funny. I don't know why I'm laughing. It's just such a you thing to do. I just was like, well, 
look, it's happened. I'm on. I'm paying for this session. Yeah, let's get the most out of it. <laughs> who, who better to talk to? I call her back. I'm like, Fiona, my dad's passed away. And she goes, right now? Like what the? And she just so calmly was like, he heard everything. Mm. And I was like, what? She's like, well, he heard everything you said. You finally said it. He didn't, this is how it needed to happen. She was like, he didn't want to hear it vocally. He didn't want to have to have that conversation with you. And I was like, yeah, he didn't. He didn't. And you were not going to probably get what you wanted out of it ever. I wouldn't. And that's what she said. She was like, he wouldn't have given you what you wanted. You would have probably left feeling worse. Mm-hmm. He would have probably debated what you had to say. He probably would have, <laughs> oh God. Like what was I thinking? He'd turn around and be like, I get it. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I love you. You're right. She, yeah, was like, he heard everything you said. Like when someone's passing over, that's when you can, they can hear everything. They're still here. Their spirit's there. And like the craziest thing, because everyone, you know, everyone knows my number's 44. If you don't know, my number's 44. (laughs) It's like my angel number and I see it all the time, but I'll see it back to back to back Mm -hmm. right before something amazing is about to happen or a warning. Mm -hmm. And on this walk, so the whole weekend before this fucking walk, I'm like, oh my God, something great. 44 everywhere. I'm on track. I'm on track. And then on this walk, it was like one car, next car, next car. Everyone's 44. And I was like, oh my God, what's going on? So that's what was happening right before I found out as well. So she was right. And I like, I trust that this is how dad, she was like, this is how your dad wanted it to be. He's orchestrated it this way and you just have to trust. And I was like, oh my God. The timing of it all is just unbelievable. Like you were vocalizing what you wanted to say to him and then it's like he then felt at peace to go. Yeah. And it the the thing that, you know, and I, 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 I have to tell myself because definitely the first two weeks, well, it is just two weeks, but for the past two weeks, all that my ups and downs have been is like I'll be okay and then I – get hit with this guilt like but you didn't try more like you didn't do better you could have said this to him you put it off for so long like you weren't good enough like you were selfish and like all the guilt comes up and then I just feel like the worst person in the world and like it's hard because there's just so much I wanted to say and like you know I wanted I really wanted to have a relationship with him like that's all like you know you would Mm. relate yeah like yeah I think that's why when I was seeing you go through this process I was like I was trying to think if my dad passed like I would definitely feel the same Mm. but I know for sure that like and I think we both can relate to this and I kept saying it to you like we didn't enjoy spending time with our dads because we were so different to them and the way they made us feel wasn't very good so whether it's family or not, I don't think that you would want to spend majority of your time around someone that doesn't make you feel good. Yeah. And I think that gives you a bit of comfort knowing like I did the best I could with my circumstances. Like those were the cards you were dealt and you've been in therapy. You have tried. He doesn't even, he might not see how hard you've tried, but you've, you've been trying For and you're so the child long. as yeah. well. So I think you've done more than he ever did in in terms of like trying to repair the relationship that he damaged. I know for like he would try and reach out a lot over the years that I distanced myself, but 
any time that I would go see him, it would just be like the same thing. Like he'd be talking about my mom in a negative way or like mm. just a very negative person. and Always trying to bring others down and blame yeah, everyone else. Yeah. It was never them. That no. was the problem. No. And very narcissistic and stuff. So I was actually proud of myself when I was younger, when I distanced myself because I was like, yep, you're family, but you make me feel not great being around you. And like, hopefully later in life, I can be around you, but I needed to like heal from that. And I needed to deal with my parents' divorce and like my own life and my own career. Like I wanted to be around people that lifted me up. Um, You were protecting yourself and you were also, like you said, you would have done yourself more damage if you stuck around because that would have been more trauma added to the trauma that was already there. Like it just would have kept being a vicious cycle and like it would have been harder. You probably would have never, ever wanted to repair it with him if you had kept going. hundred percent. I would have just, yeah, hated him. Resent. Which instead I took that time and I ended up simmering down a lot more and that's why it sucks that it's happened. it happened that quickly, randomly, right before. It wasn't quick or random to be honest. Well, it was quick. It was very like blindsiding because we, as I said, no, like the severity wasn't really like brought to our attention, Um, which – Logically, I should have just thought, well, yeah, he's a heart attack. Like that's pretty severe. But um, but sometimes we go into denial like ourselves. Like we want to think everything's going to be okay. He's denying it. So that's the energy that we're all going to operate on then. Yeah. Like, oh, you're fine. Like, okay. Yeah. Um, but it's more just I think now living with um, like that thought of like, well, I didn't know you very well and – like I know you, but not really. And like, you're never gonna, you know, like last night, cause for you, you know, like over the weekend I've been good. And like the weekend of when it happened, I just snapped into some kind of like numbness, mm-hmm. not even numbness, but I would just really wanted to surround myself with friends and I wanted to be distracted. And like, I just didn't want to fall into like a depressive hole about it so like because you did allow yourself to for those first few days yeah you just cried and cried and stayed at home and you did do that and you were just like dad wouldn't want me to keep doing this like he'd want me to be like living my life still to a certain degree and working hence why we're in here recording (laughs) yeah but also like I know this could help so many people talking about this yeah um but I, yeah, it was, I've been really good for the past few days. Like I had a really nice weekend, past two weekends with friends and by the beach and all of that. Um, and yesterday, well, Monday and Tuesday, cause it's when it's Thursday right now, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I just like have been at home, not really doing much. Cause I was like, okay, you've been on a high, like you need to let yourself chill. I kept thinking, I feel normal again. Oh my God. I feel normal again. Like, this is so weird. Like am I okay? Like, why am I not grieving still? Boom. Last night sitting there, holy moly, like floodgates opened again. And you start having all those thoughts like, oh, like what are, when people say like, oh, what do your parents do for work? And mm-hmm. I have to say, oh, my mom does this. My dad passed away. Like dealing with like just these little random things in life. Like, oh, like, What's your, what's what's dad's name? Christmas time's coming on. Christmas, like all these things. Father, like dealing with those little things is like the weird triggers. And then mm. I started thinking, oh my god, like my dad's never going to meet my kids. Mm. Like never going to see, never going to have, never going to have him walk me down the aisle. Like all these little things that you don't even like think about. That obviously 
I'll, I'll try and be like strong, like, oh, I don't care. Like, I don't care. But then it's like I do. And like, I always wanted, I did want to have him around for those moments, even if our relationship was, you know, not the best. Like, he's still my dad and he was my dad. And like, everything I was telling you, or like, I was looking through all these photos of my dad when he was younger and I was like, wow. You have the same eyes. We have the same and we were the same. Even the way you posed, like you both (laughs) just stood there. (laughs) Like it was like a mini me. It was. And I think that's the weirdest thing about us despite I didn't have as many of his like negative traits. traits. I can be really savage sometimes and like I can get angry like he did sometimes, but I've no no winner is bad. I'm a lot softer, but his, the way he would vocalize himself and make himself present in a room, I was like, we were twins. And the weirdest thing about, I think, having a jolted relationship with someone is often they're your mirror. Yeah. Mm. I think that one of the hardest things about losing a parent or, yeah, especially a parent, not that I've gone through it, but it's the fact that we have so much memory in our body of them. So like, for example, you look in the mirror and you're like, oh my God, I have his eyes. Mm. Like you're constantly reminded of them. Like they are a part of you. Mm-hmm. And I just think that there's two different types of grieving, I guess. Like there's the type where they've been in your life so much and you have so many memories. And when they're gone, they leave this big hole in your life. Mm-hmm. Or there's the other side where it's like kind of where you're sitting, where it's like, it could have been this, or like, I wish I did this. And it's like, you they're such a big part of you but you feel like you didn't get that time that you wanted with them Mm -hmm. so yeah I don't think it's an easy thing to navigate and I think that everyone is going to deal with it differently but Mm -hmm. can I just say that I've truly admired for how you have dealt with this it's like you have really you don't escape your feelings Mm -hmm. you have really given yourself time each day to feel not that you've scheduled it as such you're not that crazy but like you (laughs) you just you know yourself so well you are so connected to yourself that you're like okay today I know I'm just gonna stay in bed and I'm just gonna be sad and I'm gonna write today off as a sad day Mm -hmm. and then you know you'll step into the next day and be like okay I've done that today I'm feeling a bit better I want to take advantage of me feeling better today and I'm gonna do this and yeah you might feel a bit guilty for a second going why am I so happy so soon but you're like I said it's going to go up and down it's going to be a wave of emotions and that's what I was really scared of people saying because um straight after it happened like it happened two weeks ago on a Tuesday and on the first day I remember like shutting off I like shut you off I Mm -hmm. like went into like I don't want anyone near me I'm so confused and then Remember Eilish being like, you need to let people in to look after you right now. I was like, let me be there for you. (laughs) And I felt so bad that I shut off and I was like, no, I actually need the support and I need to be around my friends. Like my friends have forever been my family. I need them right now. And like, holy, the love I felt from everyone and just Mm -hmm. such like. Your house turned into a florist. (laughs) My house was a florist. It was like constant flower deliveries and it smelled so nice. (laughs) And like people that. I might not have even been as close with like old friends that kind of came out of the woodwork mm. just to be like, fuck, like I'm so here for you and I'm sorry. And like, cause everyone knew my struggles with my dad. Mm. So it was like, Oh God, how's she going to deal with this? Mm. Cause remember before 
I remember when my dad was getting sick, I was thinking, I'm either like, I don't know what's going to happen when he passes. I'm so terrified Mm. of the guilt I'm going to feel or like if it's going to spiral me and like, how's my brother going to deal with it? And I thought I was going to be a lot worse than I am. And Mm. like, I am so, I don't know how I've dealt with it so effectively, which I'm really, I don't think Mm. I've been this fucking proud of myself for something in a long time because- it actually just shows all the work I've done on myself over the past few years. And it's like, you did all this work for this moment to be able to handle this as gracefully, like as you have, because like, it's so easy to play victim Mm. in life when something Mm -hmm. really hard like this happens. And most people's autopilot mode is to like kind of self-sabotage and like spiral. Yours is the opposite. You're like, how can I show up for myself today? What mm-hmm. can I do to make myself feel better? Mm-hmm. What can I do to heal from this? And like, if I'm self-sabotaging, spiraling, like that's just going to affect everyone around me and all the hard work I've done, like say for the podcast or for my own work or for my mom or my friends, like then they need to lift me up. And I like, I can do it myself and I can then just take the energy from all this love I'm getting. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's what, you know, I really owe it to like, all my friends like you and and Eilish have been like, you know, my fucking rocks and like so many other people who have just been there, but feeling like I've just felt so seen and supported and like. I'll tell you why. Because you show up for people so much. So when it's their turn, people are going to want to step up because yeah. they're going to remember how you made them feel when they needed you. Oh. <laughs> I feel like this is a legit therapy session. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's and that's what it showed me it was like really was such a nice like universal payback mm. to be like you do like because I know if someone else was going through this like I'd be there every day mm. whatever you need mm. like like I think just and that's the funny thing when um people deal with like death or they don't know how to help someone and I think my advice if you have say a friend mm. going through this or someone else going through this, you don't need to do much besides just say to them, I am here if you need me. What do you need me to do? Tell me what you need from me. Um, I can sit with you. I can call you. I can talk to you. Like communication with someone going through, that's all you need. You don't need to do a lot. It's literally just saying, I am here if you need me. And like checking in, just knowing that people care and like they like – not that they are pitying you, but that they are just with you. They're they on got your, you. They've got you. They see you. They're doing you. this with you. And that's all it is. It's just that communication. Like anyone that's come to me and just being like, I'm here. Like that's that's all. Yeah. It's just that's all you need to do. And like um, I think just being patient with your friends going through it. Just it's – I think a lot of the thing that's been hard um, is like I don't know how I feel half mm. the time. So it's it's confusing trying to explain to people – you know, but what I was saying before I got distracted was I was really nervous how, if people would judge me by the way how I was dealing with it. Mm. Like, because um, the weekend oh. that it had happened, I said, I'm having all my friends to my house. Well, you already had that planned, planned. prior. And I was like, do you want to cancel it? And you were like, no way. No, yeah. I want I want to like be surrounded by people that are going to make me feel good right now. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that Mm. at all. And I was, but it's so weird that I was so nervous. Like obviously I took like two weeks off Instagram and posting, which was so nice just to have a break from like, 
that whole, you know, from serving work others. and serving others and posting and like, I remember I, we'd plan like for some of my f- friends to come stay at my mom's house with me and like we were just going to do a big cook up and lay by the pool on Saturday and then go to the markets on Sunday and like just do all my favorite things. And it was such a nice weekend. Like I didn't cry once besides I remember on Sunday we were at the markets and I think I was just a bit hungover and I had a matcha. So I had caffeine <laughs> in my body and I was like, fuck. fragile. I was feeling fragile. And I just remember like we got home from the markets and I was sitting in the kitchen with you and I was like, oh no, Lou, like I'm not feeling good. Like I think I'm going to cry. And you're like, let it out. And we just sat there in the kitchen and you were hugging me and like the boys were there like just like. They were outside just like sitting there watching. Just patiently waiting for me to have a cry. And like, but that's it. I think it's just like trusting when the sad comes up just to let it out kind of. Your body needs to release those emotions and crying is one of the most like releasing ways so and for months before this remember I'd said to you I'd been blocking myself so much like Mm -hmm. I'd just been like weirdly like numb you do this you go through phases and you're like I haven't cried in like weeks like I don't know what's wrong but I think because you're always a go 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 person Mm. I think sometimes when we forget to slow down like it's when we slow down in those Mm -hmm. moments that it's all gonna come up yeah and it's so good just to let yourself feel all of that but yeah besides Besides that, yeah, yeah, anyways, I was nervous. Mm. I keep going off track. (laughs) And I think that's the thing that I've learned about grief is that, yeah, there is not one way that people Mm. handle it. No right or wrong. No right or wrong. Mine is definitely not turning to, like, alcohol and drugs. Like, I I love – You don't escape. I still go out and drink and, like, have fun, but I'm going out to socialize and, like, I just love food and, and, like, cocktails. Yeah. But I definitely don't do that. My mind numbing spiral because I know it's going to make me feel worse. Like even on Halloween, it was Halloween this weekend and I was supposed to go to this really big party and I knew it'd be a lot of drinking and like, you know, just getting like fucked up with everyone. And I knew I was like, future you is going to be feeling like shit on Monday and the rest of the week when you need as much like serotonin as you can get right now. So I just made the choice to stay at home and like mm-hmm. not go out. And I felt so much better for it. And I've been more fragile this week, so I'm so happy I didn't do that to myself. But I've just tried to be as self-aware as possible and I have been walking (laughs) every damn day. That's been my coping mechanism. I've been like doing 8 to 10K walks a day. She walks very fast. (laughs) Trust me. You go on a walk with Cardi and you got to keep up. Like it's like power. It's like Kath and Kim power walk. Uh, Yeah. Because well, when I lost all my weight, I lost all my weight by walking. That was Mm. my thing. It's always been my thing. But it's been so therapeutic for me because normally like workouts are my thing. But since because my surgery, I haven't been able to like go to my Pilates classes or my yoga classes or whatever. So I've just been walking every day it's like my non-negotiable with myself even on the days where um I was feeling really bad I was like as if you just do a walk today I would just feel like I accomplished something so um yeah it, I think if you're going through grief or the loss of someone that you love like it can feel so like you're literally at the bottom of a hole and like it's very isolating and I think my tips is just finding some wholesome good coping mechanisms like turning to numbing yourself with drugs and alcohol. It's just going to prolong the healing process that you're going to need to do eventually. Yeah. So, and like, you know, I turn to food a lot of the time. <laughs> so, but I let myself, like normally I'm really strict on, I think, what I'm eating and like being really aware of what I'm eating. But <laughs> during like the first week, I was like, 
I'm going to eat the fucking donut. Yeah. I'm going to eat this. I'm going to, you know, but I was walking and I was like, you're I'm not, still. Let me just point out, you're not like getting 12 donuts and eating them. No. Like, I mean, me and JJ did bring over like 12, <laughs> they 20 donuts. They brought over so many donuts <laughs> to the house. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to devour these. <laughs> but like, meaning like Katz is a very conscious eater on a day-to-day basis. And then I guess in moments where you're feeling like you need a bit more comfort, you're kind of putting that aside and going, well, I'm going to eat this to make me feel good I right was, now. But you're not overeating no. and you're not overindulging. I just, not that there's anything wrong with that. No, too. I was just like, I'm. this is a judgment-free zone on myself right now. Mm-hmm. So I think like if you're going through that, like let yourself, if that's what it is that you need, let yourself. Or if it's like shopping, let yourself mm-hmm. splurge a little. Like you need to do what is going to help you feel a little bit more fulfilled. I I more or less made like a promise to myself that like my, because when I'd be on my walks, remember I told you, I was like, I could just hear my dad mm. saying to me like, Literally the day, two days after he passed, I felt him so strongly in my, like, air, in my brain Mm. or in In my ears. I just heard him say to me, like, get to fucking work. And it was the funniest thing. I was like, of course, like, because he was all about hard work, but... I that's we've been working at the moment mm. and we've got all these goals at the moment and the last thing I want is for this to stop me from achieving and us from achieving our goals and kicking down that just because of this happening instead use his energy and him mm. being on that other side as a you know like I'm very spiritual like having another angel on the other side yeah. let him guide you let me guide me and I yeah. said that I was like okay tell me what to do protect me guide me look out for me like show me the way you know it's like when my auntie wendy passed away that was my dad's sister who was like my best friend growing up when she passed like i I, that's i'd always ask like guide me and i would turn to her and when i would feel sad about losing her i knew she was always there and like if you just ask for a sign or like ask to feel them or to talk to them they're always there and Mm. i always talk to auntie wendy Mm. so i did the same thing with dad and he was literally like knuckle down, get to work, do the things that no one else is doing right now and Mm. like put in your hours and like get ahead and like because that's what's going to make you happy. So that's why when I was like in that little period, I was like, you've got, you know, I I estimated two weeks, two weeks to a month and I'm still going really slow like with work and everything. But do the little things that is your coping for a little bit, but then go back to your actual routine that makes you feel really good and Mm. be strong, be like have commitment to yourself right now. Um, and that's what I've done. So that's why like, you know, this week I said to you, I was like, I'm ready to get back into it and yeah. I want to get back into it. Um, it's not going to be easy, but I just need to be real with myself and make sure I'm checking in and I'm not working hard to numb it, but yes. I'm working hard because I want to. Yeah. I like think I want to, you yeah. know. And if you want to, go ahead. Don't feel guilty for that. And I think as well, like it's really important, like, do it when you're ready. Like everyone's mm-hmm. going to be different. Carts is obviously ready in two weeks and that's incredible. Some people might not be ready for two Ages. months or know, six months. Like I called Camille yesterday because my manager, Camille, and she, she's obviously been emailing all of my clients being like, you know, this has happened and we're going to be late on posting and we don't know when she'll be back. And I called Camille and I was like, I'm ready. She was like, what the fuck? I thought we'd be out for the whole rest of the year. And I was like, I just... Work is my con- work is what makes me happy. Mm. So I want to do what makes me happy, and like, I'm strong. I can handle this. Like I'm actually, I am okay, and like I will be okay. And I'm just like, and you'll deal with the tough days when they come. Yeah, I'm lucky. I've got that support around mm. me that 
I can and I and I know how to just vulnerably communicate with people and let them know if I'm not doing okay. And I think that's the most important thing when dealing with grief is you just need to be very vocal with people around you. They can't read your mind. I think as well, being on the receiving end, like not the receiving end, being like the friend that's there for the person. Yeah, like how would you, How yeah. like what, what advice would you give? I think you have to be like super patient and you have to be like understand that they're going through a whirlwind of emotions like within an hour like they could go through 10 different emotions so you just have to be patient take nothing personally Mm. like they might be crying one second and then they might get angry and they might get triggered or they might be you know crumbling like they're going to be going through that you just need to be there for them just hold them and know that this is nothing to do to do with you it's it's just something that you need to just show up and be there for them for and just love them. Lou would give me um, mandatory 20-second hugs. Like you'd come <laughs> – was it 20-second one? Yeah. You'd be like, what did you say? So basically what I read somewhere is that um, you have to hug someone for at least 20 seconds for oxytocin to be released. Mm-hmm. So I was like – when she hugged me, I was like, okay, I'm going to count on. to 20. <laughs> And I would hold her and make her hug me for 20 seconds minimum. Sometimes it lasts longer in the end. I really liked it. (laughs) I love a long hug. Because you don't get the benefits of a hug unless it's for 20 seconds. So everyone start hugging people for longer. Because it feels good. And it was like just those little things is so helpful. But yeah, it's like, yeah, you can't take anything personally when someone's grieving because it's just not about you. It's not. Yeah. And like flowers and gifts are nice, but at the end of the day, it's like you just being there and like Someone, showing them mm-hmm. love and even just sitting there like, you know, sit there and listen. And and it is important as well to just say like, what do you need from me? Yeah, because it's, it is hard to communicate. Yeah. Like that's one thing I realized, like I wanted to just shut off and I f- like I'm good at communicating, but I found it really hard to just ask for mm. what I needed. And so when someone makes it easier for you, like what do you need yeah. from me? And Tell even, me, I'll be here. Is it, or even give them a list. Is it this, this, this? Do you want yeah. me to pick something up for yeah. you? Or like sometimes just doing it and yeah. just show, and even Showing, if they don't need that. But yeah, that's the main thing is like, I think this whole experience has really showed me who I have in my life that I can rely on and count on. It's like, it's weaseled out some mm. people, you know, and it's showed people that just don't get it Mm. or don't have the compassion or and that's fine that's not that's not that's okay but it's really been such an actually in such a sad time it's been such an incredible time just see how many people love you yeah it's like I've never felt so loved and supported and sad at the same time yeah and supported yeah I like honestly we we honestly could probably could do two like we could do a part two part two of this because I think there's so much more I want to talk to you about, about having a, you know, interesting relationship with a parent. Yeah. Um, but I guess for today, like I just mainly like my purpose of this was not no purpose really. <laughs> it was just that I wanted to talk about it. I wanted mm. to acknowledge it. Um, so then I didn't have to, so I can just move forward, mm-hmm. you know, like even I think everyone's been asking how, how do you feel? And I, since the funeral, Mm. I felt so much better because mm. I had closure and I think this is something that for years I've wanted to talk about online but I've I've not I can't because he's been around yeah and the the one main thing I wanted to say like before we I guess like wrap it up a bit more is that like when someone I feel like in your life passes even though I had even though I had this like anger towards him still and so much hurt 
the minute he passed, all I felt was love. Mm. All I had left in me was literally like, I can't hold any more like anger for you. And obviously it comes in waves, but in that moment, all I felt was love and, and forgiveness. And I don't even know. It was just the weirdest thing because like, that's, that's all that there is. That's all that we have. And it really is that. Mm. And so that's my goal is just moving forward. And, and I had to promise that not just that giving that energy to him, but to myself. Yeah. And that's how, and that's why when I was speaking to Fiona, my therapist yesterday, I was like, as guilty as I feel, I'm only going to hurt myself more if I sit in that zone. I need to just be giving myself love right now and remind myself that I did the best that I could. And yeah, if you're, if you've lost someone that you had a great relationship with, it's the same thing. You need to be kind to yourself and know Mm -hmm. that they are with you Mm -hmm. and like, you just need to lean on the support you have in your life and be giving yourself the most love that you can. Um, but yeah, I think we should do a part two. I think we should do a part two. I feel as like well. there's a lot more yeah. to kind of talk about, but um, I just wanted to let you guys in. Like you this is our community and like I it helps me being able to talk about it. Mm. And I hope that like this could help other people dealing with similar situations or, mm. you know, if you have a family member as well that's sick, like do your absolute best while they're here to Mm. communicate because I know I wish that I could have, but even still I know that it's happened the way it needed to. And, and he knows everything. Like he can hear everything and like, you know, he's watching you. He's fucking watching everything. (laughs) God, uh, he's going to see all the naughty things I get up to now. True. Oh my God. I'm scared. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, daddy. Sorry. <laughs> like I feel all these eyes on me now. Him and Arnie Wendy up there, like they're throwing a party up there. Oh, Arnie Wendy and him would be fighting. They'd be oh, battling. They didn't get along. No, they did, but they oh. were brother and sister. Yeah. Like it was like, you know, she was like my bestie and like we had our issues. True. If she was your bestie, then there'd definitely be conflict between She'd be giving him a big smack on the butt yeah. saying <laughs> all these things. But um Thank you for holding space for me, Lou. I You're feel like welcome. I've spoken the entire time, but no, you did a great job. I just, think the episode went beautifully. We were very just, we was, weren't that nervous. We just you know. I felt like a little bit nervous, but more calm and like ready to kind of just really wanted to do this. Yeah. Like I just wanted to talk about it and let people in because I feel like I was holding a bit of a secret in my life for a long time, not acknowledging this like kind of elephant in the room. Mm. But I think it's beautiful to see people get vulnerable. Yeah, it feels nice. It's like I have got this like pass, whole pass to cry whenever I feel like it. (laughs) And everyone's like, I just passed away. Yeah, (laughs) I'm like, okay, this is my excuse in life right now, but not really. I don't know. I don't know. Eilish is like, if there's one moment that you're going to be a little brat and fuck up right now that I like. And can get away with. You can get away with murder right now. Yeah. I'm like, (laughs) not that I'm doing anything at all. No. (laughs) I'm actually doing nothing naughty. No. You've been like really good. If anything, you've been better. I know. Wow. Saying no to going out and just working on yourself. I love it. It feels Love your autopilot mode. It's inspiring. I know. Just walking in wholesomeness. Yeah. Um, thank you guys for tuning in. We won't do a quick burst opinion today because no, I feel like it's not that fitting. It's just not that fitting. I don't even have one. I don't have one either. I also think we've been talking for so long. Um, but yeah, if you guys, uh, yeah, I think next we'll, we'll do a, we'll do um, a part two, a part two and we'll kind of maybe talk a bit more about 
navigating having a difficult relationships. Relationship. Yeah. Because you've got a lot to say on that as well. And also yeah. I think we could discuss more about grief and maybe um ask some questions yeah. for you guys that you guys might have and stuff. But mm-hmm. um yeah, to finish, I just want to say thank you for all of the patience, the grace you've had with well, Com K and us being a bit delayed on our episodes, but also all the messages and the love and um you guys telling me your own stories about mm-hmm. your family members, like it's nothing it's goes unseen. Felt so nice to um be understood and yeah, thanks for just being amazing. Thanks for being there for my little sir. Thanks, guys. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll see you in our next app, I guess. Yeah, we'll see you next week. We're back. We're back. We've got um should we say how many episodes we've got left? Yeah, so we'll, well yeah. we're halfway through our season. Is this episode number five? Yeah, this is ep five. Wow. Well, yeah, we're halfway through yeah. our season. We'll be doing 10 eps in this season, mm-hmm. we think, I yes. guess. <laughs> yeah, we're going to, I mean, the the year's almost over, so we're going to stop just before Christmas break and New Year's and stuff and we'll take a little break ourselves and yeah. then we'll be back. The next season I think will be we're like gonna be longer, ep- like bigger, sorry, not longer, be uh, more episodes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're just finding our feet, you know. Yeah. We don't really have much structure right now. <laughs> doing this live life is like yeah we're doing the best we can but get excited because we've got some exciting guests in store really good things coming up but thank you guys so much for listening we love you lots and we we'll, love you we'll see you in the next the next step bye cc bye <laughs>